Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, the fourth GOP debate was more like a WWE match. I kind of like the WWE. I went with them, by the way, over to Afghanistan. Uh, And those guys are some real fighters. We saw a couple fighters tonight, but we also saw a couple people kind of tiptoeing through the tulips or trying to go through it and trying to fake the fight. But I'm not sure anybody really poked through. I think Vivek, yeah, boy, he uh, was incendiary. There's no doubt about it. And the people who like Vivek, I think, probably love what they saw tonight. I think the same thing with Christie. The people that like Christie and his I hate Trump, I hate Trump, uh, probably like what he did tonight. I think Nikki Haley was the one who suffered the most tonight. Um, and maybe the vague too, because I think some of the stuff was just unrealistic. You know, some of his comments and sort of throwing, you know, Israel in the sense that they take care of themselves, we'll take care of ourselves. Uh, the world doesn't work that way. But I also thought DeSantis did a decent job. And maybe his warm up debate with Gavin Newsom that wasn't, you know, just a few days ago, maybe that helped him. Maybe it put a little fire in his behind. And also, I think clearly donors are saying, you better deliver some fireworks tonight and do something. I'm sure that that is what is happening to all of the candidates. And also, I think there were enough barbs at Nikki Haley for, quote, being a rhino, being somebody funded by the establishment, including some Democrats, uh, that I do think it poked through. She came back and had a good response saying, oh, you're just jealous because they're not funding you. But there were enough barbs coming from DeSantis and Vivek saying, you know what, you're taking money from some of these people who have been, in some cases, quite progressive and have had some very progressive pro-Biden type policies in this country. So, you know, that was interesting. She didn't deny it. She just said, oh, you guys are jealous. You wish you were getting their money, too. Not that it's, you know, it's hard, I guess, for a candidate to say I'm not going to take the moolah, but it was an interesting point. And I think they did score some points and actually smear her in that and, and hurt her in that way. And again, that moment where Chris Christie kind of tried to come to her aid and she didn't kind of rise up to the occasion and say, I don't need aid. Um, I think it was a tremendous missed opportunity. And again, I think she realized it because she kind of went downhill from there. And I thought she was on this, like, really up-and-coming trajectory. So I do think it may have changed the race slightly. That's my thoughts. By the way, Bill O'Reilly just said recently that DeSantis uh, won the debate, he believes, because he's always on point to his record and can say, I did this in Florida. Although Chris Christie also said there were so many times where uh, DeSantis kind of bobbed and weaved and wouldn't even say, yeah, I would send troops there or not send troops there. I did think Chris Christie did a good job of exposing that with DeSantis, that he kind of was doing circle talk, political talk, if you will. Also, uh, Bill O'Reilly said Nikki Haley came across as a cold establishment figure. I agree with Bill on that. 
And he said that Christy and Vivek shouldn't have even been at the GOP debate. He said, after this, it is crystal clear that it is a DeSantis-Nikki Haley race. And I think this debate helped DeSantis much more than it helped Nikki Haley. Is it anywhere near changing the trajectory of the race? No. Uh, But it may have changed the momentum on the race and maybe changes some donor dollars, too. Listen to this uh, exchange, if you want to call it that. Uh, This is Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy and Christie going after Vivek after Vivek was slamming Christie. It got really ugly. The floor is Christie's. All right. Let me just say this. You know, this is the kind of thing where he talks about experience. You know, I was the U.S. attorney in New Jersey when the terrorist attacks were launched against the United States in 2001. I brought the two, first two cases in this country against terrorists who tried to attack us again. And I know about the threat of terrorism and bullying in this country and around the world. And at that time, he was learning about the provinces in Ukraine, sitting with his smart-ass mouth at Harvard. That's what was going on. And so uh, the fact of the matter is, and back then he was a Democrat. Democrat. So, you know, the that's fact, a, the fact is, line. the fact yes. is that all he knows how to do, well, you're busy hugging all, he knows how to do Thank you. all he knows how to do is insult good people who have committed their lives to public service and not say anything that moves the ball down the field for the United States. And then Chris Christie also used this phrase calling uh, Vivek a blowhard. Listen to this moment, because this was definitely one for the record books, too. This is the fourth debate, the fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So shut up for a while. Most obnoxious blowhard in America. Did you guys like Vivek or was he way too strong? I think at certain moments he was way too strong, but he did come across as someone sincere. I'm not sure if he's qualified in terms of the background, but he did at least come across as someone who stuck to his guns, love him or hate him, stuck to his guns. Uh, But I think the big winner irrefutably tonight was this guy who was interviewed on Fox last night. I want to go back to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's not that's that's not that's not retribution. I'm going to be. I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that, okay? that, that sounds to me like you're going back to the policies when you were president. All right. So when you hear that and how fluid President Trump was last night, is there anybody that you thought tonight could take him on? Or did you feel like you were watching again the junior varsity? one 800 Let's go to, let's go to Susan. Uh, Susan, your thoughts about all this. Okay. Well, um, to the situation where Nikki Haley, uh, after Bavake, uh, rightly 
asked her if she knew the provenances and of, of Ukraine that um, she and maybe her donors are. Uh, anytime we have a, a, any any conversation about sending our uh, blood and treasure to fight in any kind of war, then I am glad that he that he brought this up because I don't think that people realize that this is this is where this is going, um, and we should not be doing that. And the fa- I think when she was confronted with that question, it struck her nervous system, and it should. And that then she kind of retreated. She was in a box. And why would Chris Christie, maybe the two of them, their interests are people who want to get us into uh, military action and take our boys um, and women uh, and put them in harm's way when the Ukrainian people don't even want to put their children into this anymore. It's been a bloodshed. We need to stop the killing, like Donald Trump said. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, Susan? I do think, you know, what you're bringing up, like the they was hardcore on that. Um, I, I, There's some things that he said that I thought were, were interesting, and I think he's a great communicator. I do. I think he's, you know. Uh, but I think when I didn't like when he said about Israel, because I'm a big supporter of Israel, and I think I'm a big, and I'm also a big supporter of making sure Israel is successful in wiping out Hamas, uh, because it is a broader issue than just Israel. It is literally getting rid of barbarism, I think, in the world and, and thuggery and, and terrorists, uh, you know, uh, turbocharge given what these monsters have done. And I don't think we can be, I think it's a little naive when he said, oh, well, they can take care of their borders. We'll take care of ours. Um, I do think there's certain times where you need to help. Can you imagine, like, um, you know, think about World War II, you know, uh, you know, if, if somebody said, OK, well, you know, um, uh, these countries can take care of their own and we'll just kind of, you know, let them, you know, uh, let them kind of. Well, we saw how successful, sadly, Hitler was when some of these countries didn't stand a chance, you know. So I, I think it's a little some of his some of his comments, I think, are naive. But I also I like you think that some of these things that he's saying definitely do have merit where people shouldn't be so quick to hurry up and say, let's do this and and go into war. Um, Also, uh, some of the donors that he mentioned that are backing Nikki Haley, uh, some of them are known for backing very uh, progressive, uh, pro-Joe Biden, Kamala Harris type policies. Why are they so interested in her? That makes that that raises the specter. I thought that was very effective, don't you? She didn't deny some of the names. Completely. I, that's why he is useful. None of them are going to be president or vice president, in my opinion. I think there are many more people I would rather see as Donald Trump's vice president. Um, so, but. The discussion, if anybody's even watching, because I wouldn't even know this if I didn't listen to you because I couldn't stand to sit and watch that. But I do like to hear the highlights. And I feel that someone like Vivek really 
And I think he should be somewhere in the administration, maybe like the government um, accounting office. Oh, office? Oh, he, oh, my God, that would be great. <laughs> He'd be like, slash, slash, slash. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. my God. But you're right there. I, I think there's something there in his future. I agree with you. I mean, there's something interesting. And, and, and I felt like he was at least sincere on what he's saying now. I mean, he was, you know, even if it was a little too far in a number of things and certainly a little... Uh, nasty, you know, when it came to some of the comments. On one hand, um, I also thought it was it was a very uh, concise, clear. You knew who he stood. Where you felt a little waffly with some of these others, didn't you think? Oh yes, and as I say, uh, God bless people who are not apathetic. And you know what? Uh, he needs to be totally vetted. We need to do that much better, as we can see even Donald Trump in his first administration. He was saddled with so many um, civil servants that, uh, that uh, Obama made permanent that were in his staff. So it's going to be a whole new ball game because we got to get our country back. we got to keep our freedoms. The heritage, as Donald Trump said many times in his last speech, our heritage, I'm a baby boomer. I was handed. You know, this freedom, everything. And we are not going to have that stop for the next generations. Yeah, I agree. This is not a time for weak need uh, people because, boy, uh, is there a lot of moral clarity that needs to come in and also protecting the homeland. There are so many issues and you need somebody who's got some teeth. Uh, You need to have somebody with courage coming in. And you need to have somebody who's not afraid to say, uh, let's try to clean up uh, the damage uh, and in some cases irreversible damage that's happened. I don't know how you go back from having now suddenly 10 million illegals in this country, basically under Joe Biden uh, so far. That's that's a hard thing to turn around. You can try to uh, obviously seal the border and, you know, and stop the bleeding. Uh, but there's still a lot of bleeding in this country. And boy, how do we turn a lot of these things around? But that's why you need you need a warrior coming in. Uh, and I mean it in terms of courageous saying, OK, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And and by the way, that line from Trump saying uh, drill, baby, drill on the first day and I'm going to close the border. Bravo. Uh, yeah, that that's a good first step. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. We'll continue your calls here on the Rita Cosby show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we were just talking about Vivek Ramaswamy, who certainly added a lot of fire to tonight's debate. Uh, He was broiling, grilling, skewering, 
and sauteing, it seemed like, everybody on the stage. And then he held up the board and, and said, Nikki is corrupt. Uh, it was it was a pretty wild moment for a debate. And here he is going after all of them on the stage for saying that they are flip-floppers on Trump because he defended Trump tonight. And the others, I don't think, went after him. I don't think DeSantis did that badly or Nikki Haley did that much either. Obviously, Christie did. Every other word was Trump, Trump, Trump. Uh, but here is Vivek taking a swipe at all of them and calling them flip-floppers and phony. But here's my issue with all three of my other colleagues on this debate stage is all three of them have been licking Donald Trump's boots for years for money and endorsements. Ron DeSantis, you've been a great governor, but you would have never been one without actually begging Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you attacked him in your book a year ago. Same thing with Chris Christie as a lobbyist, begging them for COVID money for his special interests in New Jersey, prepping him for the debates last time around. These people are now Monday morning quarterbacking some decision he made. I think the real enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And if you want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. It was a good line. Let's go to Joaquin in Pennsylvania. Uh, Joaquin, what did you think of Vivek? Oh, Rita, I hope you give me enough time or hold me over. I like Vivek a lot. and I actually like him more and more every time I hear him. Uh, you know what? The thing of it is this. I agree with PJ, Tony, and Susan. They made some good points, but there's more points to be made about Nikki Haley and how dangerous she is in her relationship with Larry Fink of BlackRock and all these other uh, funds like was it Vanguard and State Street. Yeah, and, and, and they also brought up, by the way, Reed Hoffman, who is a big, you know, liberal progressive donor um, and – he made the allegation, she didn't refute it, that he's one of her backers. Right. And, and you see, and these people, these funds, they want to change America with ESG. You know, they're investing in all this green stuff that's losing money. And there are states that actually have taken their state pension funds out of these funds because they're losing money. Yeah, by the way, the, so, the governor of Connecticut came out recently and said, uh, let's not go there because it's not productive. Uh, and you know that that was like a 180 for him. Now, I, I want to really quick touch on my favorite communist, um, uh, oh, what do they call them? Uh, famous, oh gosh, my the favorite fascist? communist. The fascist? Yeah, yeah, that no, was no, a word fascist. I heard a lot tonight. <laughs> no, not, not, not fascist. Uh, useful, useful idiot, Stan. And I say that with respect and affection, okay, Stan? I'm not surprised that you support Chris Christie, but here, here's my idea, Rita. Maybe you could have Stan call in here to do us a favor and say, Get off my lawn, you degenerate. <laughs> you know what? I like hearing from everybody. Uh, obviously, I don't think he likes any of them. I don't know why he still likes Biden, but he has admitted Biden seems to be a little uh, numb-minded. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment with a very powerful story coming from Edgewater, Florida. Deirdre Kelly 
spared no details of the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, which happened 82 years ago tomorrow on December 7th. Kelly is the president of the Sons and Daughters of Pearl Harbor Survivors, and her father, Robert E. Stiegel, was an airplane mechanic in the U.S. Navy during the December 7th attack, a day that will live in infamy. Infamy. Kelly was the guest speaker at a Pearl Harbor Remembrance Ceremony in Florida that took place over the weekend, and she described bombs blowing up ships, maiming and killing soldiers, how Japanese airplanes strafe vessels, killing and injuring U.S. servicemen, and how many drowned when their ships sank in the harbor. She said, quote, it is very important because considering what's going on now in the world today, I need to remind people that this could happen again. It could happen anywhere, anytime, and it will impact America and the world tremendously. And it's important to remind people that this was not a single event, that this event occurred again on September 11th, and it could sadly occur again. The Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day is organized by members of AMVETS Post 2, and they honored the event founder, who is a World War II veteran, as well as Korean and Vietnam veterans who were also recognized at this very, very powerful ceremony. And, of course, everybody, tomorrow, again, is December 7th. And think, of course, about all our brave men and women uh, who were there in Pearl Harbor when the Japanese kamikaze attack happened. And boy, uh, was it a moment that changed the history of the world. I encourage everybody, by the way, I went to the USS Arizona where you get to see where it was. Um, There's the memorial now and the ship, of course, is below. It's right there on the ocean floor below water. It is one of the most powerful, profound moments. And I encourage all of you, if you get a chance uh, to go out there to Pearl Harbor to see what our troops encountered and the heroism of that day, some of the unbelievable stories of heroism. Uh, They are things that you will never, ever forget. And it is such a powerful reminder that we must stay vigilant and we must also always be aware that there are those who wish to do America harm. And everybody, all it takes is just $11 a month to help the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. All you have to do is donate just $11 to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and go to t2t.org. That's t2t.org. This Veterans Day, Frank Siller and his team at the Tunnel to Towers Foundation hit the road to celebrate the grand opening of their Houston Homeless Veterans Village. This state-of-the-art facility provides housing and supportive services for hundreds of veterans who need a place to call home. Houston is just one of the many cities where the foundation is building housing for veterans. They have challenged all Fortune 500 companies and professional sports teams to help them on their mission to eradicate homeless in the veteran community. Visit T2T.org to learn more. That's T, the number two, T.org. And again, everybody, be sure to check out the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, T2T.org. They are the most amazing organization out there helping our veterans and our first responders, all of our American heroes. And we were talking a lot about the border. Uh, That was a big topic tonight at the GOP debate, the fourth one and the final one of the GOP primary season. Uh, Boy, are things getting heated and boy, are they getting nasty. 
And I thought Ron DeSantis, who, again, had that warm up with Gavin Newsom earlier in the week. And I thought they both did pretty decent in that debate uh, on Hannity. Uh, Of course, it was the blue state, red state debate there. And tonight, I thought I thought Ron DeSantis did pretty well. I still don't think he like popped it out of the park or anything that would change the dynamic because Trump is so far ahead in the polls. But I thought he did pretty well, and especially when he talked about securing the border. Listen to this one. We need to build a wall across the southern border. I'll get it done, and I'll make for Mexico is supposed to pay for it. Remember, here's how you do that. I'm going to have fees on remittances from foreign workers when they send the money back to foreign countries. We're going to tax it, and we're going to build a wall with that. So, yes, you should have had that. But we don't have it. I'm going to build it. But we have to lean in on this problem. I am not going to sit there and allow mothers to lose more kids because of fentanyl overdose. I am not going to sit there and let sex trafficking go unabated. And he certainly sounded like a make America great, keep America safe Republican. It was refreshing to hear people talking about being tough on the border and knowing that they're going to do it because we don't hear either from the current occupant in the White House. Uh, But I don't know if we heard anything tonight that changes the race. I don't think so. And in fact, before the race, of course, the big contest is Iowa. And that's coming up. It is in mid-January, 40 days away. Here's the latest numbers, guys. And this does not look good for any of the people that were there on the stage tonight. Uh, Trump has 47 percent. DeSantis has 18 percent. Nikki Haley has 15 percent. Ramaswamy, five. And Christie, three. There's a big distance between 47 percent and the closest competitor, DeSantis and Haley, kind of neck and neck there, if you will, 18 and 15 percent. Anybody who knows basic math knows Trump is trouncing them. So that's why they had to come out swinging. And Christie really did kind of take it tonight. He was effective. He's an effective communicator. But as I just said, he's got 3%. He's putting all in, by the way, in New Hampshire, because that's the contest after Iowa. So if he doesn't do well in New Hampshire, I think he's out. I I think nobody's going to say, hey, we're going to give you money if you're going to still have 3%. That might even happen even before New Hampshire. But let's see where it goes. But boy, uh, he was spirited tonight. And he certainly went after Ron DeSantis. And he, he did do something effective because Ron DeSantis kept spinning and weaving. He was asked a lot of questions on the border. He was very direct and clear. But then when he was asked, hey, would you send troops to Israel? He never really answered the question. And Chris Christie kept saying, hey, you didn't answer the question. I think the moderators at that point should have stepped in and said, Mr. DeSantis, yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? They should have kind of done the job that Christie was trying to do at that moment because DeSantis was trying to give some sort of circular answer without even answering the question. And then there was this other moment where I thought there were some great questions from the moderators. And I thought Megyn Kelly had some great questions there, too, at the start, really got things spirited. Um, But there was a question uh, saying, what do you think? Do you think that Trump is not fit for office? Because that's, of course, the Democratic spin. And Christie hammered DeSantis for not really ever answering the question. All he said was, listen, I think Trump is an older guy. I think it's time for a new generation. That's all he would say. He seemed to be kind of soft on Trump and eggshelly. And then when asked about troops, he was waffly. So here is Chris Christie going after DeSantis. 
Governor DeSantis. No, they you're wouldn't. A smart, they would say that you're a they, smart they would man. Argue that the, no, they would. No, they would. They would Chris. strike the answer no, they because you're not answering. You just don't like. You have your. You have your thing. Is he fit or isn't he? No, I don't have my thing. We don't. He's the thing. Is we he do fit not or isn't want he? To do you're talking that's about him being 80, 80 years old. It doesn't mean that somebody is he couldn't fit? get elected. That's not even the people that Governor DeSantis let him. Ron, is he fit or isn't he? No, not Governor DeSantis let him fit. Ron, I think we have an opportunity to do somebody who is in the prime. Okay. Yes. We don't have to no worry about no. all this stuff with Ron. We can get it done. Stop. We'll do it. I'm going to come to you. Finish. Look, Father Time is undefeated. I don't know how he would score on a, on a test, but I know this. We have an opportunity to nominate someone and elect someone for two terms who's going to be spitting nails on day one and for eight years so deliver you, you big results. We should think. not nominate somebody he won't who's, answer. It, who's, who's almost 80 years old. Okay. He's afraid to answer. <laughs> no, I'm not. He's, no, you have to no. either, either you're afraid or you're not listening. No, it's not. There's a simple you don't, you question. Don't want to hear is he fit? Is he fit? Hey, 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 nobody can hear this. No one can hear you. They can't hear you. And of course, DeSantis doesn't want to alienate the Trump voters, not necessarily Trump, but the Trump voters, because clearly Trump is not impressed with DeSantis for jumping into the race to begin with. And I think it has hurt DeSantis quite a bit by jumping into the race because Trump supporters don't like him and Trump doesn't like him. Um, but here is this moment. I thought that was a good moment for Christie when he did that. And then he also really took it to DeSantis and others. Take a listen. If you're afraid to offend Donald Trump, then what are you going to do when you sit across from President Xi, you sit across from the Ayatollah, you sit across from Putin? You have to be willing to offend with the truth. That was a good line. I think Christie should have had a lot more than I hate Trump, uh, but it was a good line. And then Vivek really hammered Nikki Haley. You know how Carl Rove always has those whiteboards and he puts up the whiteboard with the different, you know, polls and trying to explain it to people. You see it all the time on Fox. Well, Vivek brought his own whiteboard and on it, it said Nikki corrupt because he was going after all the different people who are donating to Nikki Haley. Some of them, yeah, are quite progressive. When I heard the names, I was like, whoa, that person's donating to Nikki Haley. I was kind of surprised. I didn't know what I was like. Wow. Uh, and some of them are like, you know, close to the George Soros-like crowd, if you will. So that's interesting. Why are they so intent on Nikki Haley? And she didn't deny it. And then Vivek went for this. And Nikki Haley's campaign launch video sounded like a woke Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad talking about how she would kick in heels. At the first debate, she said that only a woman can get this job done. That's what she said. After the third debate, when I criticized Ronna McDaniel after five failed years of leadership of this party and criticized Nikki for her corrupt foreign dealings as a military contractor, she said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know. Nikki is corrupt. This is a woman who will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. This is the problem. Using identity politics more effectively than Kamala Harris is a form of intellectual fraud. And it actually needs to end. There's our donor puppet masters wielding their puppet right up here tonight. This is how this game is played. The puppet masters put up their puppet, and I reject the use of identity politics in this party. It has been a cancer coming from the left, and I'm sick and tired of the double standards the people of this country are too. 
having two X chromosomes does not immunize okay, you from thank criticism. You. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Governor Haley, would you like to respond? No. It's not worth my time to respond to him. You, you have been using identity politics at every step. She knows it's true, and that's why she's actually I thought in one way it was good to say no, not to even give like any credibility. On the other hand, it was a weak no. And I think she I think she faltered a little tonight. one 800 848 Let's go to Christopher, line one. Uh, Chris, who won, who lost? Oh, no. Well, Rita, thank you for having me on your show. I love listening to you and listening to your program. You do a very good job. Thank you. Absolutely. I have to disagree with you, though, and some of your callers. I actually think Nikki Haley did very well. She didn't do as strongly as she did in the first three debates, but she sounded more like the adult in the room over the three guys. I would have to say that. More than DeSantis. Now, now, by the way, I thought she did phenomenal in the earlier debates. I don't I think... Too. Yeah, I don't think this was her best one. And and it's interesting, Chris, and I and I say this as a woman because he was going saying, you know, uh, you know what, I'm not allowed to criticize you because you're a woman. And, and I think her response was an interesting one. She had some good quips, but I thought she lost some steam there. And I think she could have jabbed him back and then moved on. And I think it should have shown strength. And that's, that's not a woman line. It's, it's just a, it's a debate line. I mean, they were going for the jugular and you can't let some of these things. She kind of like sounded a little like, no, I'm not going to answer that. And it, it didn't look like a fighter because you know what? I use the expression, Christopher, and I say this to all of you. I say it to my friends privately. We need a warrior in the White House. Look what a mess our country is with all the protests, all the wars going on, a wide open border. You need somebody who and from day one can take the jugular and say, Close the border. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to respect our police. We're going to have law and order. We're going to clamp down on this, clamp down on this. This is not a week of heart moment for a presidency. Now, I don't think any time is, but especially now, Chris. And I think she lost some momentum uh, of having that fire in the belly. I think somebody watching may say, you know what? She's good some moments, but she, she petered out. And, and I was surprised about that, Chris, because I think she's done extremely well in the last debates. Final thoughts. Final thought. I, I don't think she shows weakness. To me, she has. It's like you said earlier, her resume is very good. Absolutely. And, what, and I think what sets her apart from DeSantis is she definitely has more foreign policy experience. Ron DeSantis, I think, won the debate tonight. I'll give him that slightly simply because he had more talking time, but he sounds more like a politician, whereas Nikki Haley to me sounds like she has more of a grasp. I don't think she's going to get the nomination. I'll be honest with you there, but as far as her experience, to me, she definitely has it more than DeSantis does. And and you know what, Chris, I agree with you in terms of especially in this moment right now with everything that's happening with Israel and, and Ukraine and so many of these bad actors on the foreign policy scale, thanks to a lot in part of Biden's bad policies. I do think she certainly knows those elements better. And certainly I, and I think, look, DeSantis has a good record to tell for Florida. There's a big difference between being a Florida governor and being the president and the leader of the free world at probably one of the most difficult moments right now that we're entering with so many hot spots domestically and also uh, on the foreign front. 
Um, so you're right. I think having that kind of experience, I, I do agree with you on the plus on that. Christopher, thank you. Great talking to you. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. Who won? Who lost? And what did you think of the Vake and Chris Christie talking about uh, whiteboards, talking about food, and so much more? Wow. Boy, it was a mosh pit, not a debate. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. It was a beautiful day. Sun beat down. I had the radio on. I was driving. That might be how. Vivek feels after this debate. That might be also how DeSantis, uh, Chris Christie, got in his swipes. But I think the big winner was clearly President Trump, who, as I just talked about, has almost a 30-point lead just in Iowa. And he has barely campaigned there. He's just starting to campaign there, where the others, like DeSantis, has gone the full grassly, as he calls it, going to every single county there in Iowa. He's been working it. And he is still, at this point, 30 points behind. And I don't think anything we saw tonight, as much as it was a free-for-all and a bit of a WWE match, I don't think anything here changed the dynamics in the race. So clearly, President Trump, I think, is handily going to get Iowa and sail through the nomination. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road uh, with all these cases and legal actions. But I didn't see anything tonight That made me say, okay, this person is, boy, uh, suddenly some knockout punch. It was definitely feisty, but I'm not sure if there was a knockout punch of any kind. Uh, Let's get Andy uh, from Edison on. Andy, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. Uh, I wrote down my notes here real quick. Uh, Vivek, to me, is an unknown. He has no record, and he's a smooth talker. Now, we lived through eight years of Obama with that. I don't think we need a rookie in there right now. Things are too critical. Um, You know what? I hear you, Andy, because I agree. And I think he did come across as a novice in a lot of areas. And you're right. This is not a time for for testing. Great points. Uh, Let's go to Robert in Philly. Line three. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, uh, say, hi, Rita. How you doing? Um, I think that, like you said, Trump is going to be the nominee. So all of this is kind of superfluous and worth talking about, I suppose. Uh, but if Trump wasn't to run, all of his support would go to DeSantis. I don't think anybody can dispute that. Okay, DeSantis is the only man on that person on that stage who has growth. Nobody else is going to come vote for Nikki. Vivek is the future. Chris is a non-factor. And the only See, reason... I, I think I think some Trump voters do like Vivek because he did, you know, he was strong. And listen, he's been unwavering in his support of Trump, uh, which is certainly not the case of the others. But Trump isn't going anywhere. Do, I don't think so. Do you, Phil, Robert? I mean, it's, it's, he's got the nomination. Absolutely. Thank goodness. But I don't think that what I'm saying is Haley wouldn't get any of his support. Most of it would go to DeSantis, and you're right. Some would go to Vivek, and I think he's the future. And the reason why Chris Christie is doing so poorly is because people like Stan think he's solid. What a hypocrite. Yeah, you know what? And I think um, 
you know, Chris Christie, clearly, his job is to just bash Trump. Somebody is clearly supporting him to bash Trump. Uh, And what else is he going to do? You know, he's staying as a commentator on TV. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.